Hi again, everyone, and welcome to Missing Bits. Today, I have the great pleasure to introduce Chris Pearson. Chris is a 60-year-old man who has apparently never grown up. Chris is married with two children and is from Tatura in Country Vic. Chris has been an amputee since 2015 and is a peer support volunteer with Limbs for Life. Welcome aboard, Chris. Hi, how you doing? How's, how is it up there today? Uh, it's pretty hot. It wasn't as hot as it's not as hot as it was yesterday, but it's still pretty hot. What'd you get to yesterday? Uh, Forty-five. Ah, oh, yuck! That's, that's <laughs> atrocious. I was um, I was looking yeah. on the internet yesterday, and the fifteen hottest places in the world were all in Australia. Yeah, I saw that too. I saw that too. I'm thinking, yep, okay. <laughs> you gotta love it, not. <laughs> Bloody extreme. Yeah. So how 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 does a grown man not grow up? Oh, you just stay being yourself instead of trying to fit into everybody else's pigeonholes. I think. <laughs> um, sometimes you make mistakes and sometimes you don't. You know, but you you roll with the punches. That's fair enough. That's a good explanation. Uh, speaking of growing up, where where are you from originally? Where did you grow up? Are we- Originally, I was born in England, right. um, then emigrated to Australia with my parents back in 1968, lived uh, mainly around the eastern suburbs of Melbourne in Victoria, yep. and then 10 years ago, had the offer to uh, meet up with my now wife and decided that I'd move up to country Victoria to live with her. Fair enough. So 10, 10 pound poms? Uh, sorry? So you were 10, 10 pound poms? Um, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. My, my wife is too. She came out in '66, landed here on her fourth birthday in Sydney. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Did you ever get back? Yeah, back they were good there? times. No, I've got no need to. No family over there. Fair enough. Uh, I haven't seen enough of Australia to justify travelling anywhere else in the world. That's a good good point. We were over there last Christmas. We were over in the UK spending time with my wife's family. She's got um, two brothers here, but um, everyone else is over in, in England. So we had a fun time just getting around and drinking a lot of beer. Mm. That's the one thing I will give England. They do have a very nice crop of ale. Yes, they do. Um, there's there's a lot of them too, and they store it in some funny places. My wife's. We've spent some time with my wife's cousin and her her um, husband kept his beer um, just outside the back door on the, on the deck and you could just go out and rummage through it. It was it was just sitting in, in open air, no ice or anything. <laughs> he, yeah. <laughs> he, he figured it was cold enough to keep it cold. It wasn't quite cold enough yeah. for me, but it worked for him. Yeah, well, the, their version of room temperature over there is equally strength. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were growing up, you had mum, dad, brothers, sisters... Yep, yep. Uh, there's only dad left now, but um, yep. Um, actually, I admire my father because he picked up stakes at uh, the age of just under 40, moved a family of um, six out to Australia with basically nothing. Yep. And set up set up home here. Yeah, I I, I really admire that. Um, yeah. My, my wife's um, mum and dad moved out here with three kids and made a whole new life for themselves, and I'm extremely grateful because I wouldn't have met her otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, once again, that's just life. You you roll with the punches. For sure. Um, I was actually um, I've been um, I've been friends with a with a guy since I was nine, 
and um, he he's um, he's from Sri Lanka, so his parents moved out here. Oh gosh, well before he was nine anyway. Um, and yep. it's amazing to look around and and see what sacrifices people made just so that their kids could grow up in the best country in the world. Exactly, exactly. Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, there a lot of it was a lot of hard graft, but it was well worth it. Absolutely. Um, having having been born here, I think um, sometimes we take it for granted that this is such a great place. Look, yeah, you can, you can. Um, and like, I consider myself Australian anyway because I was nine when I moved out here. Yeah. But you know, that still doesn't stop me looking around and saying, you know, just how good have we actually really got it here? Yeah, absolutely. And yet, there are, there are still some people who, as long as they're taking a breath of air, will still whinge. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I did clean that one up too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you, so you went to school around in Melbourne? Yep, yeah. Um, Bark State School, Pembroke High School. Yep. Um, yeah, and then just left school. Just School wasn't doing it for me, so I just ended up doing a lot of um, manufacturing and labouring jobs because back in those days you could leave a job at 11 o'clock in the morning and have another one by 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It's true enough. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, Eventually made my way up to being a warehouse manager, um, then doing clerical work, then uh, uh, leading hand, um, mainly in stores. Yep. And then, yeah, uh, uh, when I was about 53, 54, I got made redundant. And um, then just after that happened, of course, the issues with my legs started and that sort of... Uh, at the time, I was studying, I decided that, okay, I still wasn't old enough to retire. You know, I wasn't on the scrap heap yet. So my wife, my now wife, persuaded me to start doing the diploma of community services. Yep. And I was in the process of doing that when, unfortunately, the issues with my leg um, kicked in, and so to speak. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up uh, losing my leg during the course of uh, the diploma, but... Um, I was able to do some of it by correspondence and some of it uh, by actual uh, Skyping. Then when I'd finished the first quarter of it, um, the place where I was doing it had said that there was going to be another six months wait before they'd start finishing off the rest of the diploma. So I said, no, I can't do that. You know, the fire in the belly was too hot. Um, So I ended up doing it online and um, finished the last cause of the... um, Sorry, not cause. Finished the last bit of the diploma online and um, got the diploma, and then within 15 days of doing that, got employment. Oh, nice! So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the 56-year-old man's re-entering the um, 56, 57-year-old man's re-entering the workforce. That's not that long that, ago either. Yeah, and that was scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I don't, I don't yeah. know whether I could, or I could do that if I had to, but it wouldn't be something I'd volunteer for. Well, no, but yeah, once again, you have to roll with the punches, and uh, if your body and your mind says it's right, you just do it. Yeah, sure. So you were suffering you from um, charcosis. Do you want to explain yes. to everyone what that's about? Yep, oh, it's basically as I can. Um, but how they explained it to me was the bottom of the foot, in between the ball and the heel, has 17 bones. Yes. 
connecting between the toes and the heel. And as a part of type 2 diabetes, you develop neuropathy in your leg. Yep. So you've, your, your feelings are very limited. And, of course, sarcosis is when one of those bones becomes infected due to the softening and breaking. Right. And you can't feel that you've broken it, and it doesn't give out any signs like a broken, like a femur or a tibula would. Yep. And eventually it gets infected and um, starts to um, infect the whole of the leg. And by the time they diagnose that, because not a lot of people know about it at the time I got it, there's only 3% of people in Australia were suffering from it and only, I think, 5% in America, wow, which wait. is f- phenomenal. Uh, but unfortunately, by the time they got to it um, and discovered what it was, uh, it was only six weeks after that that um, the decision to amputate was made. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It sounds like it was getting pretty desperate. Look, it was. I mean, I'd be, I'll be straight with you, Gary. I'm probably a lot better off without my foot the way it was. Yeah. Uh, I've, you see, I don't know how this will come across to a lot of the listeners, but I feel blessed that I had the choice and the decision to make and had the time to become adjusted to the fact that I was going to lose my leg. I thought about it hard and long, and I thought, you know, how would I feel if I'd gone out for a night out with the boys or a dinner with my wife or whatever type thing, been involved in some sort of accident and woke up in hospital without my leg. Sure. That that choice and decision would have been taken away from me. And so I do feel that, you know, if it, if it sounds right, I got out of it lightly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sort of thing. Yep. I, no, yeah. I, I see what you mean. Uh, my... Um, yeah. The foot that I was born with um, was quite badly deformed, and those um, those bones that you were talking about, um, mm. my, mine were fused into one. All oh, right, okay. So that was pretty dramatic. That would have been painful. Uh, I don't remember it being painful. Um, I know that um, I know that I was walking on it um, before my amputation. I had I had the foot off when I was five. Um, right, right. Um, so I I know that I was walking on it. Um, apparently, I didn't walk until I was two, but um, I was mm. walking on it, and I don't I don't remember any pain. I just remember being different. Mm. Mm. So I'm I'm actually I'm actually with you a little bit. I'm I'm one of those people that um, when you're in a crowd of people and someone says, "Who's happy to be an amputee?" I put my hand up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, the and- the alternative for me was. Um, Pretty drastic, and I mean, once I once I had my foot off, I was able to do anything I wanted. Um, yeah. So the the alternative for me, it would have done my head in. I wouldn't have been able to do anything. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so what made you decide on the diploma of community services? Um, well, my wife was in the welfare sector, and she was talking about welfare when she came home from work, and I was thinking, you know. I could do that because a lot of it is just like sitting down with a bloke who's going through a hard time. You sit down on the, the back fence or back porch or whatever and just have a talk with them, yep. you know, and, and just try and get them a little bit of help. You know, sometimes they want the help, sometimes they don't. Um, you know, but it's just about, you know, like, I guess, you know, I've lived my life. I've done, not that I'm going to die or anything, but, you know, I live my life up to a certain point. And now's the time that maybe I can help somebody who's been through some of the hard times that um, I went through myself. Sure. You know? Outside of the amputation, you know, like uh, raising a family is never easy. Um, trying to hold down jobs and um, pay bills is never easy. Yep. Um, 
you know, there's a, there's a whole range of things, and it's sort of, I thought, yeah, I I had the confidence in myself to say yes, I could do, I could work in the welfare industry. That's pretty much all I do with this podcast is I sit down with a cup of coffee and talk to people. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's what a lot of it's about. It's just you know, sometimes people just need that voice or that ear to listen to them. Yep, absolutely. Um, for for a long time, um, uh, for for a long time of of my life, um, limbs for life didn't exist, and there were there were little organisations out there, but nothing really impactful. There was there was nothing important. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, being able to talk to other amputees on a regular basis since Limbs for Life started um, has changed my life. Yeah, yeah. Look, I found the same because, like, I'm involved with Limbs for Life, and I'm also involved with the Bendigo Amputee Group. Yep. And um, we're on Facebook, and we share thoughts, we share ideas, we share jokes. You know, we just um, yes, we're amputees, but we're just normal people as well. Yep. You know? and, I might. Uh, I might I might look you guys up later and put a link onto the show notes so that anyone in that area that's not a part of it can can look you up. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Pete Brand's the guy to speak to. I think I think it's really important that people get together and just talk about things. One of the things I'm looking forward to this year is is our conference up in Canberra. Um, just getting together mm. with a hotel full of amputees. Um, I've done it. Yeah, I've, I've been involved in a couple of them. Um, one one I even went to the US for, um, and that was huge. Right, okay. That was that was massive. Yeah. There was four hundred odd people there, and uh, the whole yeah. the whole the whole hotel was booked out by amputees, and it was yeah. it was yeah. just really interesting. You know, you'd get in the the lift to go down to the the conference area in the morning, and um, and you'd have you'd have people look at your leg because you were in shorts. Um, but instead of staring, it would be like a quick look, and then say, "Not." Someone would say, "Nice leg," and then you'd say the same to them. I like yours too. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's just, exactly. It's yeah. just very yeah. different, and um, it, it's it's great for your self esteem. I can tell you that much. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like I, um, I'll just share a little story with you. Go. Some of the listeners may know about this, but um, the people that do my prosthetics, every time I get a new leg, uh, they have the ability to laminate like. You know the prints you get on t-shirts, yep, different prints. Yeah, I have a new one put on my leg every time I have a new leg, and it's like because I lost my tattoo when I lost my leg. Yeah. And it's like every time I get a new leg, it's a new me, and there's a yep. different photo, and everybody says, "Oh, you know, how to do that." And the best way I explain it to is how they used to like laminate surfboards. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, you, your leg becomes, I think, a part of your identity if it you does. want it to be. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and that, that's the important thing if you want it to be because um, there, there are a lot of people that really struggle. Um, and oh, yes. And my my heart and feelings go out to them as it oh, was same. put forward to me uh, throughout the whole process of my rehab and everything. Everybody's journey is different, so you can't say that what fits for one person will fit for another. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you'll be like this and you'll be like that and you'll be like the other. And that's the worst thing you can say to anybody that suffered, yep. suffered a trauma of any shape or size. Absolutely. Um, because everybody's got a different journey. One of, the, one of the things I hope with this podcast is it actually um, reaches out to those people that are struggling because everyone I talk to has been so positive um, and, and it's yeah. been an absolute delight. So I'm hoping that 
there are people out there that I know are struggling, and if they're listening to this, then you know the world's not over. Um, you are still no, person, no. you're just missing bits. Yeah, and look, without um, putting a downcast on it, Gary, I have my bad days too, and I oh, know everybody, everybody out there has their bad days. And look, I, you know, there are some times when I just say, well, what, what's the point? You know, um, why did you do this to me? Yeah. Why me? Poor me. You know, me, yep. the whole gambit of um, <clears throat> feelings, and that's totally human nature, and I totally get that. I mean, as you say. It would be nice and very helpful for these people if they want to talk, but then sometimes people are their own uh, best counsel, you know. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's my thoughts anyway. Yep. I, I, that's that's one of the things I love about life is that everyone's different. It's never boring. And, and Yeah, exactly. Everyone copes with things in their own way. Um, just uh, For those people out there that are struggling, that want to reach out, then we're all here for you every day. Absolutely, absolutely. So after the um, amputation, you, know, you got back to study and work, and um, how long did it yep. all take? Um, well, it took me another, I think, year to finish my diploma. Yep. Because I did have another setback. I developed an infection in my stump, which cost me 15 weeks in the hospital because they wouldn't allow me home because there were two steps to the house. And yeah. because of uh, my neuropathy in the other leg, they didn't want me damaging the other leg in case I ended up losing both. Sure. So, um, but yeah, probably about within two years of the, yeah, just on two years of the amputation, I was back in full-time employment. Yep. And that was and, in, um, in welfare, in community services? Yeah, in, in welfare and community services, yeah. And during the course of that, I progressed uh, through to the fact that, I'm, well, I'm now a team leader. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I imagine that's a fair bit of work. Yeah, look, it can be, but if you um, set your priorities and set yourself up and just say, look, at the end of the day, it is welfare. There are people out there that really need help, but it's just a job. Sure. And you have to maintain that, as I'm sure every nurse and every doctor, every policeman and ambo, uh, if anybody's out there listening to that or know of people, they have to treat it as just being a job. Yep. Otherwise, you know, you, you'll go under I was, um, for quite some time, I was a massage therapist and, um, and mm-hmm. you become, you become people's counsel. Um, they, yeah, they, that's right. They, um, it's, it's almost like as you relieve their stress, they talk about their stress. Um, and mm. at the end of the day, you have to shut it all off. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you can't let it, you can't let it overtake your life. No, no. Otherwise you end up with no life. Yeah. So how much, how much rehab did you have to do? Um, you got me thinking now. I think it was probably just under three months because I did some in um, the Royal Melbourne Rehab yep. and then I did some in Bedlio Rehab because I wanted to get closer to home sure. to take the pressure off my wife visiting and everything. So, yeah, um, yeah, I had the leg amputated in April and I think I was home in the June. So it was about yeah, six to eight weeks. Nice. How did you find it? Was it hard? Not really, no. Because um, I psychologically set myself a, a goal and said, look, you know, okay, this has got to happen. It's all new, but um, you have to uh, get on with it. You know, yeah. it's a, it was a sink or swim situation. And, um, yeah, you know, um, 
to wear some dandies in uh, rehab, you know, um, especially at uh, the Royal Melbourne Rehab because there were other people other than amputees there, which was quite um, confronting sometimes and quite depressing, you know, with different um, injuries and different um, situations. But um, I just became like a horse with a blinker and concentrated on myself. Sure. I, I get um, I get a little bit... Uh, I, I wouldn't even call it envious. I, I, maybe it is. Um, but um, I, I talk to people sometimes and they talk about all the people that they met in rehab and how they're still friends and they catch up occasionally and... When I had my foot off, there was no rehab. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, um, different time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, I think also a different mindset. I mean, like, yes, I met some really nice people, but um, I had to move on with my life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, you know, if I saw them today, it would be great. How are you going and everything? But I didn't feel like I could. Um, make it a mission to stay friends with them, sort of thing. Sure. What sort of, What sort of support did you get through all that? How How important was that to you? Well, my family were the greatest support of all. Um, the uh, The rehab people were tremendously supportive. Uh, they were actually the first people to suggest that I become a peer group volunteer with Limbs for Life. Yep. Um, which I said, "Yep, I'm up for it." Um, yeah, like everybody was. Um, very, very supportive all over type thing. Um, even in the, some of the dark moments, it was like, okay, yeah, but you've got somebody you can call. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. I think, I've got to say, I think one of the uh, most, it wasn't confronting, but I, think, I look back now and it's funny, it was uh, just prior to losing my leg, they uh, had this um, psychologist come in um, to do an assessment on me mental health assessment. Yeah. And, like, I was sort of pretty upbeat. I wasn't sort of down about the whole situation. I was cracking jokes about it and everything, um, you know, simply because that's the way I dealt with it, I think. And I just, I said to her, I said, look, don't worry about me. I know what's going to happen. I know what my future is at the moment. But I want you to look after my family and make sure that they're mentally prepared. Yeah. And she's, she looked at me and she said, strange, she says, you were really putting up some red flags to me. Said, what do you mean? She said, well, you've got the potential for suicide. And I won't tell you what I told her to do. I won't say over the air what I told her to do, but uh, I thought, what book did you read that? Uh, right, yeah, right. Uh, I thought, you know, yeah, I thought, please go away before I throw something at you. <laughs> and that... Actually, as I say, it was funny, but that was one of the things that inspired me to say, the hell I will, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing uh, what people presume just because you're going yeah, to Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the thing. The presumption and the stereotyping of the whole situation can be one of the uh, damn factors. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, you're an amputee. You'll never get on. You'll never be able to do this. You'll never, you'll never, you'll never. My attitude is, yes, I bloody well will. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was funny when I was growing up because um, so when when I was growing up, I, I wasn't so much what people told me I couldn't do, but no one told me what I that nobody told me what I couldn't do. So I just tried everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I get that. I get that. Uh-huh. Well, I I just I had no idea what I couldn't do, so it just meant that. I just tried everything. 
Um, you know, I um, I played footy, I played cricket, I played everything I could imagine. Um, I got really upset because I tried so many different sports, um, and one of the few sports that I hadn't tried was netball. And boys weren't allowed to play netball. I found out. Not in those days. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Same as girls weren't allowed to play basketball. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah. I got a bit upset about over that, but uh, I got mm. over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do, we do. Um... One of one of the things that I really enjoyed um, when I was a kid was ice skating. I, I found out that I could learn to ice skate like I was on a skateboard. So the the excellent the fact that I didn't have an ankle to to turn over meant that I could just push myself along on one foot until I was brave enough to lift both feet. And that was mm. that was a lot of fun. Spent many many a Friday night sk- ice skating at South Oakley Ice Rink. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, uh, I think I only ever ice skated twice. That's good fun. <laughs> yeah, and both times it ended badly. <laughs> <laughs> so when did when did you find out about Limbs for Life? Uh, well, I think it was when I was in rehab at uh, the Royal Melbourne. They mentioned it to me and. Um, I started making some inquiries then, yep. and um, spoke to Mel. Um, and when I was out, arranged to go down there on the Saturday and do the induction. And yeah, isn't she, I've done... isn't she a bundle of energy? Sorry, isn't she a bundle of energy, Melissa? Absolutely, absolutely, another fine inspiration. When um, you look at the work she does. Um, and her attitude as well. So, um, I get I get tired just watching her work. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I've, yeah. I feel I feel very fortunate to be able to call her a good friend, and we're, we've had some some nights out together. And um, she leaves me for dead. She can she can yeah. party on. I can tell you now. I don't I don't know that she's <laughs> slept for the last twenty years. Yeah, I don't think so. It's like that little um, the Duracell bunny. Yeah, we'll keep going. <laughs> That's exactly what my wife and I call her, the Duracell bunny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't cross her, though, that red hair. Goodness me. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've been on the end of a tongue lashing, and it's not fun. No, no. I shouldn't no, say that. No. Shouldn't say that. She's, she's amazing. Yeah. She'll, she'll hit me after I say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but a man's got to know when to pull his head in. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> especially when there's redheads around. No, I didn't say that, Melissa. Oh, yeah. It, no, no, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> uh, she's she's good fun because um, she, she takes the banter really well and she gives as much as she gets. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think um, Limbs for Life's been really important for me. I've been a, um, a member from almost the beginning. Um, when she, when yeah. she first kicked it up, when when the actual the office was in her bedroom, that that's how early right, yes, when, yeah. when I joined up. Um, but having nothing for most of my life with regards to amputees, meeting amputees, or doing anything for amputees, um, after having nothing for so long, it was like a breath of fresh air. And um, she led mm. the way, and here we all are. Yep, exactly. Couldn't agree more. One of one of the things I'm looking forward to is um, is getting together at our conference in in Canberra this year and um, yeah. just just getting together and and asking questions and talking and maybe having a drink or two and having a laugh and 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 just being together. Mm. 
Yeah, it should be it should be a blast. If if anyone's listening and wants to go, I think there's still a few places left. But I could be wrong. So what's what's next for Chris? Um, I don't really um make any plans anymore, Gary. I just keep uh, tackle each day as it comes. I mean, there's a few things in life I'd like to do. Um, my daughter's just moved to Tasmania. So sometime later this year we'll be doing a boat trip. Nice. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, but outside of that, I'll just take each day as it comes. You know, what, what um, part of Tassie is she? Uh, down in Hobart. Nice, beautiful place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess I'll just keep working until I have to retire, or get, <laughs> or they put me in a box. Um, <laughs> I hate, yeah, I hate to tell um, you, but having no plan is still a plan. Well, that's right. That's right. I plan to have my plan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it sounds good. I, I like. Um, I'm, I'm not a great planner myself. My wife is. Um, she yeah. really does a lot of planning for us. Um, she probably gets um, a little bit um, peeved sometimes that I'm I'm not really supportive of planning. Um, but that's just me, and I don't make a lot of plans beyond what I've got to do for the next week or so. Um, mm-hmm. one, one of the one of the things I found hard about this podcast was actually planning ahead and and being organised. I'm not usually this organised. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so one of the things that I ask people um, before we finish up is um, words of wisdom, some a motto or a life motto that you you live by or, or consider on a daily basis that helps you through tough times and, and sharing that with people who might be going through a tough time. Um, hopefully, hopefully this podcast is reaching people who may be about to go through amputations um, and are really scared or nervous. Um, and we're also, I, I, I know for a fact that we're reaching people who aren't amputees at all and, and are loving learning about who we are. So is there anything you can share with people who might be having a tough time? Well, Gary, my attitude, and look, I'm and it's my attitude, but I would share it with everybody, is you have to be able to laugh at yourself and you have to be able to be comfortable with yourself because, and I know this sounds patronising or whatever else, it could be a lot worse. You, You may not wake up in the morning. Absolutely. And every morning you wake up, it's going to be a good morning. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that first breath is always a relief. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there, there's, um, there's quite a number of people I know that aren't amputees that, that listen to this podcast. They're mainly my family and friends, of course, that have been trying to be supportive. Mm. Um, and they, they really enjoy people sharing their, their little words of wisdom. So thank you. My pleasure. So thanks, everyone, for being back here listening and supporting us. And thanks so much, Chris, for sharing your story. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. If you enjoy, uh, I've really enjoyed, if you enjoy enjoyed chatting podcast, with you, Gary. Sorry? I said I've enjoyed chatting with you as well, Gary. It's been oh, my pleasure. Hopefully, hopefully one day we um, can catch a cup of coffee or something or a beer one day. Sounds like a plan. Oh, hang on. I don't make those. No. No plan. <laughs> <laughs> If you enjoy our podcast, then don't forget to download, rate, and review. It really, really does help a lot. Join us on our dedicated Facebook page to join in the conversation. 
you can share your story by reaching out just like Chris did. I would love to share everyone's story and show the world what remarkable people we are. Thanks so much, Chris, and have a great night. You too, Gary. Cheers to everyone. Time to get legless, mate. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Good night. That one I can do. Yep. <laughs> Good night, mate. Good night. Cheers. Cheers.